guys, it's me. Um, how are you? So I've been at home today, been working, working, working. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've even been outside today. I've been working. Um, yeah, it's been inside. It's been a bit of a slog day, to be honest. Um, so yeah, everything's fine. Is a wind in the trees. Um, yeah, did you hear the rain last night? Didn't enjoy that. Didn't enjoy it. But all is happy, you know. All is fine. Um, so let's just crack on. We are at Sonnet eighty two. Sonnet eighty two. Um, and so let's look at where we are. Where is Shakers? What is he doing? So let me put my eyeglasses on. Okay. I grant thou wert not married to my muse, and therefore mayest without a taint or a look the dedicated words which writers use of their fair subject, blessing every Thou art as fair in knowledge as in hue, finding thy worth a limit past my praise, and therefore art informed to seek anew some fresher stamp of the time-bettering days, and so do laugh, yet when they have devised what strained touches rhetoric lend, thou truly fair, wert truly simple true plain words by thy true telling friend and their gross painting might be better used where treat cheek need blood in thee it is apparent okay so what does this all mean basically he's still having a bit of a moan about um, these rival poets. So I grant thou wert not married to my muse, and therefore mayest thou, mayest without a taint o'erlook the dedicated words which writers use of their fair subject, blessing every book. So I admit that you weren't married to my poetry, so you're not doing anything wrong if you read what other writers say about you in the books they dedicate to you. You, the beautiful subject that blesses their books. Thou art as fair in knowledge as in hue, finding the wor thy worth a limit past my praise, and therefore art enforced to seek anew some fresher stamp of the time bettering days. You are as knowledgeable as you are beautiful. Oh, that's the first time I think he said he is knowledgeable. Mm. And there, and you see that I'm incapable of praising you sufficiently. So you're forced to look on again for some newer, fresher writer in these days of literary improvement. And so do love, yet when they have devised um, what strained touches rhetoric can lend, 
They were truly fair. Thou, truly fair, wert truly sympathised. In true, plain words, by thy true telling friend. Go ahead and do so, my love. Um, yet, while these writers have invented whatever elaborate stylistic devices they can borrow from rhetoric, you know, they can borrow from this sort of, you know, writing, you would be more truthfully represented since you are truly beautiful by the true plain words of your truth-telling friend. So, um, yeah. And their gross painting might be better used where cheeks need blood. In thee it is abused. And the overblown praise of these writers might be more appropriately applied to people who really need it. Um, for you, such rhetorical excess is, um, is misused. Where cheeks need blood, in thee it is abused. Yes. So, so, the objection raised against the rival poets continued. He's still continuing to have a bit of a snipe. The fair youth is being uh, misled by them, apparently, according to Shakespeare, allowing himself to be flattered by the artificiality of the words of the poems. Although, Shakespeare says, he's not com committing any crime, you know, he's being magnanimous there. He's saying, look, you're not, I know you're not doing anything wrong. I, I grant thou wert not married to my muse, and therefore thou mayest, uh, without any attaint, overlook not doing anything wrong if you read what other writers say about you in the books. So, you know, I'm not saying that you're doing anything wrong. You're free to go look at the books if you want to. Um, perhaps he turns um, aside because he exceeds in beauty anything that uh, may, he may be captured by the pen of Shakespeare. Um, and so he is so lovely that it's only fair that he seeks attention wider than just Shakespeare to depict him. You know, thou art as fair in knowledge as in hue, finding thy worth, thy worth a limit past my praise, and therefore art enforced to seek anew. You know, you're so gorgeous that I totally understand the fact that you're, you know, you're you're so gorgeous that it's obvious you're going to have to more than just me to praise you. So, you know, Shakespeare's giving him an out yet again for, get, you know, seeking more affection than just Shakespeare. Yet, Shakespeare is worrying that this is going to be dangerous and corrupting um, because the fair youth doesn't need the flattery. You know, he's worried that the flattery is going to be bad for him. 
Um, and he just needs the simple truth. Um, he should leave the false prophets behind, he's telling, telling him, because um, it's not very good for him. And that's what he obviously he wants. He just wants what's good for him. Now, truly, I mean, and this is, you can really see here that the words true and fair reoccur through the whole sonnet. Um, you know, of their fair subject. Thou art as fair in knowledge. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the, thou truly fair, but truly sympathised in true plain words by thy true telling friends. You know, there's a lot of emphasis then about just how truthful and how fair Shakespeare and his relationship is with the fair, with the fair youth. I am the only one that you can trust. Um, and he's saying, when when it's when it comes to dealing with you um, and the, your beauty, telling the truth simply about you is just much more effective because the hyperbolic flattery is just it's just not what you need you don't need to be told how glorious and fantastic and how much like the sun you are though i do believe i've heard him saying that but that's what he, that's what shakespeare is saying so yes i mean we do know that shakespeare is a hip but that's what he's saying. Um, so that is Shakespeare's argument for today. Um, that he doesn't like the other poets because they're too much of a flatterer and only Shakespeare will keep you simple and level-headed and not blow up the face ego. Yeah, that, so that's what he's saying. So. We'll see where we go with 83 tomorrow. Um, today, um, for the other um, poem, I have um, found a poet. She's called um, Walsam Shire. Okay. She was born on the 1st of August, 1988. She's a British writer, um, poet, editor, and teacher. She was actually born to Somali parents in Kenya. She migrated to the UK at the age of one. Um, she, you know, she's pretty phenomenal. She, uh, her poetry featured predominantly in Lemonade, Beyonce's um, 2016 film. Um, and um, her interest in her piece for women who are difficult you love was what um, sort of what was what caught the interest of Beyonce. Um, and we'll have a look at that in a minute. Um, Shire became the first young poet laureate for London, first ever, which is pretty major. Um, the first poem I have, I've got kind of two for you really. But the first 
poem I have is one which is called um, What We Have. Okay. This is called What We Have. Our men do not belong to us. Even my own father left one afternoon is not mine. My brother is in prison is not mine. My uncles, they go back home and they are shot in the head, are not mine. My cousin, stabbed in the street for being too or not enough, are not mine. Then the men we try to love, say we carry too much loss, wear too much black, are too heavy to be around, much too sad to love. Then they leave and we mourn them too. That's what we're here for. Sit at kitchen tables, counting on our fingers the ones who died, those who left, and the others who were taken by the police, or by drugs, or by illness, or by other women. It makes no sense. Look at your skin, her mouth, these lips, those eyes. My God, listen to that laugh. The only darkness we should allow into our lives is the night, and even then, we have the moon. So, that is the first poem, which I really liked, I really, really liked this. And then, I saw this poem, um, which is the for women who are difficult to love, which is the one that Beyonce saw, and, and she really liked it. And I thought, hmm, interesting. I can understand why she liked it. You are a horse running alone, and he tries to tame you. Compares you to an impossible highway, to a burning house. Says you are blinding him. Says he could never leave you get you, want anything but you, you dizzy him, you are unbearable, every woman before or after you is doubted in your name, until his mouth, his teeth ache with the memory of taste, his body just a long shadow seeks in yours, but you are always to intent, frightening in the way you want him, unashamed and sacrificial tells you that no man can live up to the one who lives in your head and you tried to change didn't you closed your mouth more tried to be softer prettier less volatile less awake even when sleeping you could feel him traveling away from you in his dream so what did you do love can't make homes out of human beings. Someone should have already told you that. If he wants to leave, then let him leave. You are terrifying, strange, and beautiful. Something not everyone knows. I think that's pretty 
amazing and you know um, Bye.